You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, great to see all of y'all here. And um, as a lot of you know, uh, I am a father, a husband. Uh, I have, I'm married, have a great wife, an amazing couple of children. Uh, my, my kids are Jude, who's four years old, and uh, Camila, who we call Cammie is one, and my wife, Lauren, who would be super uh, not excited if I shared her age. Um, Not that she's old, you know, it's just not things you share. Um, uh, We all love UTSA too. We we like it a lot. But one of the things that uh, is loved way more than UTSA by our daughter, Cammie, is Elmo, that little red ball of fur. She loves to watch Sesame Street. It's like actually one of the few things that she'll like sit down for an extended period of time and just hang out and watch. And it's all because of Elmo. So this summer, uh, we decided to go ahead and make a trip to SeaWorld because we wanted to go and they had like a a Sesame Street character show where they dance around and do all kinds of fun things. And uh, after the show, you actually get to go and take pictures with the, the whole cast, right? All the characters. And so we get there, we saw the show, everybody liked it. And then Lauren and the kids ran up to go and stand in line while I would like wait in the front to take a picture. And we were, but we were kind of worried about this whole thing because uh, my daughters at that age were like, she doesn't like anybody at all. And, um, you know, it's not like, it's not just like when you go to daycare, she's like, oh man, I want to go home. It's like grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, everybody, she's like, get away from me. I only want my mom and my dad. So you could see where we would feel a little bit worried about handing her over to uh, a monster, right? <laughs> and so we get there, we hand her over, and to our surprise, she absolutely loved it. I think we, we got the picture here. That's a happy baby. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa are like, no, 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 you can't hold me. But this red ball of fur, you can hold on to me all day long. I'm cool. And it was really one of the best days of her life. I can honestly say that. And you see, because as long as she had known about Elmo, he was just this like two-dimensional creature that lived in our television, or we saw pictures of him in these books. But it wasn't until this day that he became three-dimensional, right? It was like totally a living, breathing object, a person that was in front of her that she could interact with. That was the day that he went from 2D to 3D. And this has happened for for all of us, right? We knew something in a certain way, shape, or form, and then we actually got to experience it for the first time, and it changed everything. Now, for some of us, we might remember, like, the first time we went to a Spurs game, how, like, watching it on TV was only a certain way, but when you get in the crowd and you start hearing those drums going and everybody's like, go, Spurs, go, and you're, like, yelling along with them, or, like, you're like, boo, Kawhi, you're the worst. <laughs> like, it's way different than when you're sitting there yelling at your TV or you're just watching them in that way. Or, uh, like, for some of you guys... Um, you might have your favorite band, right? Like you're, you just get in the car, you turn up the music and you just jam out to them or you put in some, some earbuds and you just you know, turn it up and, and let the world dissolve away. But that first time you get to go and see them perform live, it changes everything, right? Because you're there and you, you can literally feel the music, like the bass, like hitting you, like right in your soul, you know? Like it, it totally changes everything. This is all about going from 2D experiences, which is just experiencing a part of it, 
or understanding, really a 2D understanding, to a 3D full experience of these things. And that's exactly what we're talking about during this series. We want you to go from being just a viewer and an understander of who Jesus is to someone who's actually experiencing him in the best way possible to the fullest. We want to be a church that doesn't just talk about the way we should live our lives, to a church that actually goes out and changes the world. We want to move from a 2D church to a 3D church. So what is a 3D church? Well, it's very simple. And it's going to be the big idea of this entire series. I'm going to talk about it every single week for the next three weeks. A 3D church is a church that delivers, develops, and deploys. A 3D church is one that delivers, develops, and deploys. So let's take a second, and I want you to repeat those three things after me. Deliver, develop, deploy. I'm going to say one, two, three, and you yell it back. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, all right. I I saw like three heads nod, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, Okay, so on the count of three, we're going to yell out, deliver, develop, deploy. Ready? Yes. One, two, three. Okay, just the downstairs here on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, the balcony on the count of three. One, two, three. All right, everybody watching online and next door in the cafe on the count of three. One, two, three. Y'all didn't hear them, but I felt them right here, guys. So deliver, develop, deploy. That is what a 3D church does. So what do these mean? Well, the the first D is deliver, and we want people to be delivered. We want them to be saved. Really, it's a different way for us to say we want people to understand the gospel, who Jesus is and what he did. The second D is develop. We want you guys to be more than just believers We want you to be more than just a believer. We want you to have an understanding of who he is and what he did at a deeper level. And the final D is deploy. Because once you believe in Jesus and then you've been developed, we want you to go back out there and make more of these folks. But before we get into developing or deploying, I want to start with delivering today. And really, like I said, it's an understanding of what the gospel is. Now, if you've been here at City Church downtown, you've heard the gospel uh, because we put it into almost every single service. It's one of the things that we always try to get in. It's called the simple gospel. Now, here's what the simple gospel is. It's that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Now, if you'll believe that Jesus died on your behalf, you'll not only receive complete forgiveness for every sin you've ever committed, but you'll spend an eternity with God, Jesus, in heaven. That is the simple gospel. And if you guys walk out of here and you don't understand anything else other than that, I'm totally cool with it. But to start, with this, to start this series, I need you guys to understand how we got to that. I want you to understand where this all started. So we have to go back to the very beginning Well, not the very, very beginning, but shortly after the beginning, with the first two people, Adam and Eve. You see, God created the universe, made the earth, and then in this earth, there was a garden 
of Eden. That was perfect. It was paradise. The greatest place that we could ever imagine, it was there. And so he made Adam and Eve. They got to run around. Uh, they enjoyed themselves eating whatever fruits they wanted, you know, hanging out with all these animals, just naked, just like enjoying the world exactly the way that we all should be enjoying the world. But it didn't stay that awesome. You see, God had laid out some rules for them. And really one of the main rules was that they could eat any of the fruit, eat anything they wanted to in there, except the fruit from the tree of knowledge. And so in Genesis 2, this is what God has to say about the tree of knowledge. There it says, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. It's pretty simple, right? Like there's not like a coded message or anything in that, like that in there. If you eat the fruit, you're going to die, bro. So what happened? The serpent comes along, convinces Eve it's not that big of a deal to go ahead and eat the fruit. And this is how he convinces her, back to Genesis 3. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So Eve eats the fruit, then hands some to her husband, who was hanging out during this entire thing and didn't protest. And he also eats the fruit. And in that moment, they realized that they were naked and they covered themselves. Later that day, they hear God coming towards them. And they're like, oh, dang, we did the thing we weren't supposed to. Let's hide. Because you know the creator of the universe, the person that sees and understands everything, we can hide from that guy, right? Let me just get behind this tree real quick. So it doesn't work. God finds them. And this is the account of that in Genesis 3. Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, with great, great bravery, might I add. <laughs> it was the woman you gave me who gave me that fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. So this is original sin. They disobeyed God. Then they acted a fool by not taking any of the responsibility. So from that point on, God banished them from the garden. And they were all cursed. The men would have to work hard to get anything to come out of the land for them to eat and provide for their family. And for the women, pain was introduced into childbirth. And I think that's like... Uh, like a, a low term for that. It's excruciating, ridiculous pain was introduced into childbirth. But the worst part of this all was that they were removed from God's presence. They had this 3D experience happening with God where they got to see him and work alongside him and like high five him when they wanted to. Like they got to actually experience God in a 3D way. And when they were banished, they were thrown out to experience a 2D, but maybe even a 1D relationship with God. But see, God's love is so great for us that he continued to chase after his creation of humans well after they were banished. So he continued to give his people chances. He continued to chase after them. He spoke to a man named Abraham. And through Abraham's family tree, God's chosen people were created, the Israelites. Now, God would save these people from oppression over and over again, but they would never follow him all the way like he wanted them to. No matter how many times, guys, God 
did his best to save them, they would disobey him. So at one point, God actually sent down what were called judges. God sent these judges to deliver the Israelites from being oppressed by outside forces. So on the count of three, I want you to yell, deliver at me. One, two, three. All right. So these judges were folks on earth that could lead the Jewish people, hear from God, have godly wisdom, and some of them would actually physically lead their armies into battle. One of them, Samson, had like superhuman strength. He pulled a whole building down with his bare hands. It was, it was amazing. So these judges, even with these judges living among them in Israel, they would actually fail to follow God. And it was a cycle. It was a, a, a very interesting cycle. You see, the, the people of Israel, the Israelites, would... Uh, find themselves in a terrible position because they stopped following and listening to what God had to say. So then God would send a judge down after they started praying. And this judge would come in and he or she would just make everything right. Everything would be back to order. Everybody would be worshiping God again. It would be fantastic. Well, that generation would actually die away. And then the next generation that would be brought up would forget about what happened before them. So they would start doing what they saw right in their own eyes as opposed to following God and what he wanted them to do. And when they started doing that, things would go bad again. They would find themselves under oppression in the wrong places. And then all of a sudden they would go, hey, what, what did the last generation say? What did our parents and grandparents used to talk to us about all the time? Oh, yeah, God. So then they would call out, God, God, save us, save us. And then he would send another judge. And then the, the cycle would happen again. And it would just keep on going in a circle, in a circle, in a circle. There are actually 16 different judges that are recorded in the Bible. And each time, that judge wasn't enough to get the people of Israel to continue to follow God. So let's fast forward a little bit in history uh, to the time of the Roman Empire. These dudes ran the world. And once again, God's chosen people found themselves being oppressed by a foreign nation. Rome basically had their way with the Jewish people. So then God sent someone else. But it wasn't a judge this time. God sends his only son, Jesus. And Jesus was there to deliver. On the count of three, say deliver with me. One, two, three. He was there to absolutely deliver. So Jesus hits the scene. He chooses a handful of below-average dudes to follow him. Then Jesus leads them around the countryside, and he starts preaching to anyone and everyone that is willing to listen. Jesus lives a life completely without sin, and eventually he gives his life away. Now, I won't ever say that his life was taken from him. That's, that's different. Jesus' life was not taken from him. He willingly laid it down. Because he was God walking on earth. And we see it happen a handful of times biblically where he does something that is just otherworldly, absolutely amazing. So for me to say that like some dudes wearing armor and like those weird hats, you know, with the, with the brush on top, the, like that those dudes would be enough to like hold down God is ridiculous. He could have spoken a word and completely disintegrated all of the Roman Empire like that. And it wouldn't have been any issue at all. That's the kind of power that he had. So Jesus lays his life down. But his disciples don't fully get it, right? After he's been killed or after he's laid his life down, his, his life is done. The disciples don't get it. 
They're just like, our dude, our leader is dead. And they hate him, so they're going to come after us next. Let's go into hiding. So they do that. But two of the women that would follow the disciples and Jesus and just hang out with them and travel with them decide to go and visit Jesus' tomb, uh, which is really more like a cave. And a boulder, a giant boulder has been rolled in front of this cave. So they wanted to go visit and just pay their respects. And when they get there, there's an angel sitting on top of this boulder. And uh, we'll actually pick up the story in Matthew 28. There the angel says, don't be afraid. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. So these women make their way to the disciples, and as fast as they can, they get loaded up and head over to Galilee. Now, when they get there, Jesus shows up. He actually appears in front of all of them. And in that moment, everybody's like losing their mind, freaking out. They start worshiping Jesus right there on that spot in Galilee. This is how they should be living the rest of their lives is is what Jesus is about to tell them, right? He's come back. He's done all these things. He's defeated the grave. He's suffered. He's done all, all the stuff that he was supposed to do. And here it's all culminated to this one moment. And here's what Jesus has to say after he returns. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. There he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So let's look at this scripture. Let's break down what Jesus wants us to do. I believe you can break it down into three distinct ideas that are, that are pretty familiar that we have already started talking about. The first part, he wants us to make new disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's call that deliver, right? We want those people to be delivered and understand who Jesus is and go and get baptized in that name. The second idea the scripture gives us right here, uh, Jesus says to teach all the new disciples to obey his commands. He wants us to develop people. We want to be more than just believers, right? We want to be developed into something amazing. Then, at the end, he wants us to deploy. Because once you become a disciple, you once you're a disciple, it starts at the beginning right there. I've been given all authority, therefore go and make disciples. So it just starts going in a circle, in another cycle. Once you become a disciple, you start making disciples, and so on and so forth. Deliver, develop, deploy. Deliver, develop, deploy. Some people call this the Great Commission. This is what we've all been called to do. Deliver, develop, deploy. So here it is, guys. This is the culmination of everything, of everything. From Adam and Eve getting banished to Abraham, the judges, all the way to the end of Jesus' work. It's all led up to this one thing that Jesus has to tell us. In this moment, Jesus took us to something greater than a 2D relationship, right? Just an understanding of how he was going to work and whatever. In this moment, 
he actually introduces us to the full 3D experience. Not only will I be here, not only will I be interacting with you, but you will be able to work and do things alongside me once again. You can touch it, you can hear it, you can do it. So the whole point of today was for you to understand the gospel, what it meant for us when Jesus died on the cross, and now what we're called to do because of it. But I want you to do more than just understand. I want you to be able to experience it. So think about it like this. Uh, let's go back to my little baby girl, Kimmy. Um, at her daycare, they, they have a little collage that they make, or that we made, and it's got like pictures of our family on it. It's got pictures of grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. And, uh, you know, I've been told by her teacher that as she walks by, a lot of times she'll stop and be like, mama, mama. Or really, most of the time, she's like, dada, dada. Not, <laughs> not to brag or anything. Um, so she'll stop and say, dada, dada, you know, and then just kind of continues to go along. Uh, throughout the rest of her day. But basically, like in her words, she's saying like, oh, look, that's my mom. Oh, look, that's my dad. You know, and then, and then just continues on. But it's a totally different story when I get home. You see, I walk in, and as soon as the door closes, I hear running. I hear, duk, 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 duk. well, she wears a diaper, so it's really more like, <laughs> I hear running in the house. And so I'm like trying to take my bag off and, you know, take all the stuff out of my pocket, put my phone away and, you know, do all these things uh, because I know what's going to happen when she turns that corner. And it happens every single time. She turns that corner and sees me for the first time uh, and her face just like lights up just with the biggest smile. And she sees me and she goes, da-da, da-da, da-da. And then she continues to run. And as she's running, she throws her hands up to me. And she's like, da-da, da-da, da-da. And she continues to say that until she gets to me and grabs me, holds on to my leg. And she'll keep on saying da-da until I pick her up and hold her. You see, that's the difference. When she looks at me in a picture, she understands, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Da-da, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she sees me in person, she's able to actually experience a father that loves her and will pick her up as soon as she asks. It's a totally different way of understanding all these things. But guys, here's the thing. This illustration breaks down at a certain point, right? Because I'm just an earthly father. So there are days where I'm in the house and I am totally overwhelmed with this baby that's like stuck to my leg. Like, I can't move. If I try to wash dishes, like she's right there on my leg. Da 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 da. If I'm trying to take out the trash, I have to like run out of the house and she's at the window. Da 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 da. Um, you know, if I try and do something super selfish, like go to the bathroom, <laughs> she's there. Da da da. And every time I walk out of the room, she just loses it. And she's totally inconsolable. But I have to do things. Like, I, there are things I have to do, and there are just times that I have to leave her. But here's the thing with our Heavenly Father. He's never too busy. There's never a task that's going to pull him away from you. There's never like too many things happening where he's like, ah, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. Like, I I've got to take care of this thing. 
anytime you run to him, anytime you reach your hands out to him, you say, Father, I need you. Dada, I, I need help. He will always be there for you. And right now, I want to give you a chance to not just understand who he is, but fully experience him. Now, for some of you, you've never even started that relationship with him. You've never even gotten the chance to fully be delivered just yet. So at this point, I want to give you that chance to go ahead and do that. Uh, Let's just go ahead and bow our heads to pray. Now, if you want to start a relationship with God, if you want him to deliver you today, I want you to pray something like this. Father, I need a savior. I need someone to deliver me from all of this. I want you. I want to follow you the best way I know how. So right here, right now, I'm telling you that I believe Jesus died on the cross for all my sins. For the rest of my days, I will raise my hands toward you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Amen. So right now, we're going to have that opportunity to go from a 2D understanding to a 3D experience with him. So the band is going to start playing a song. And during this time is your chance to worship God in the same way the disciples and the women worshiped Jesus when he showed up that day. Now, if you're struggling and you're like, God, I need you, and you're like that little kid, my little baby, when she gets home and you're just like, there's nothing in this world that will make my life better except fully getting you to grab me and hold me. If you're that person, I want you to come down to the front and kneel in front of our God and wait for him to come and meet you where you are. If not, if you want to stay in your seat, that's totally cool. I understand. But while you're there, I want your posture to be just like that baby, hands in the air, yelling out to your great father that loves you so much, that he sacrificed so much for you. That's how I want you guys to be worshiping right now. So right now, Let's go ahead and stand. If you want to come down in the front, come down right now, and we will worship the great God that has loved us so deeply. So thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us so deep, so wide, and so tall that we will never be able to comprehend it. We love you. Please continue to deliver us from all the evil around us in our lives. Please show up for us in 3D ways. We want to experience you. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.